The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ Yes You can find peace in Him From the judgment That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm shakes at the mention of his name he has power over life and death every knee will bow and tongue confess heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father will you bow will you to his majesty he can save you from the might of all your sin this is the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come From the coming storm While you have breath You have 
have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm He's the only shelter from the coming storm Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. It is not a coming storm. The storm is now beginning to break upon us. And today we're going to talk about the big ugly. That's my name for the beast power. I am exceedingly troubled in my heart. And the trouble I have in my heart is what is it or why is it that God's people, that the church, has become so filled with sexual immorality, pastors addicted to pornography, pastors homosexual, the church, band, and music ministry, often as homosexual men or lesbian women in the leadership role in the church. I spoke in an Anglican church and I addressed them regarding their love of sports, their love of professional sports. And a whole back row of men, mature men, 50s, 60s, sat there and laughed and joked with each other. This preacher can't be serious, can he? Or the men who gather once a week to play cards and smoke their cigars and talk man talk. Is it any wonder? Is it any wonder that the church has no power in America? That it's filled with wishy washy people who say, on one hand, I'm a Christian, but on the other hand, they're fastened at the hip with the devil. They love the devil's music and have even brought the devil's music into the church. They love the devil's recreation. They love his pleasures. The group of church leaders from a very prominent church here in Washington, D.C. decided, 
Hey, let's hit the strip club tonight. We're tired of cards and cigars. I'm terrified by what I see going on in the church. We have not been washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. And we have deceived ourselves into believing that God's love is unconditional. And that he's going to come at some imminent hour and gather us up like his favorite children and say, come, come. I want you to all go to heaven with me. Are you kidding me? Not not the least possibility of that happening. Let me read for you a passage of scripture from Malachi, the third chapter. Verse 1, See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. How did John the Baptist prepare the way before Jesus? It was very straight. He said, turn from your sin, repent, stop going after enticements of your soul. Stop going after the emptiness, the ugliness of the devil. He would not baptize them until they had repented of their sins. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. And he did come. He came healing the sick, raising the dead, proclaiming the year of the Lord's acceptance, and saying, Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Or to the woman caught in adultery, Leave your life of sin, a command. But then verse 2 begins his next coming. Who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launder's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. I remember when I was a boy, we would go up to a shooting range and we would dig in the huge mountain that was behind it and we would pull the lead out, the lead bullets. We would bring them home and Dad would put it in a cauldron and he would make it very hot. He would melt that lead, and he would form it into ingots. And then he would take that lead and sell it for us at the the man who collected metals. That was so hot, it would burn you if you touched it. It would destroy you. And the scriptures in Malachi 3, verse 2, are saying, Who can endure? 
who can stand when he appears, for he will be like a refiner's fire. In other words, the Lord is going to put you in a very, very hot place, and he's going to melt you down and see what you're made of. Whether you're made of silver or tin, lead, he wants you to be as silver. He's going to purify. For many, he's already begun that final process. And you're going about your business like everything is normal. And you're just enjoying your life. The Lord wants you melted down. He wants the busyness stopped. He wants the running to and fro stopped. He wants the lust for the enticements of our age to be stopped. He is going to refine you like silver or he is going to cast you out. It says he's going to be a launderer's soap, a fuller's soap, if you please. It was used to wash the wool of the lambs and the sheep that were shorn to make it white so that it could be processed and then dyed whatever color the master wanted it to be. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who bring Offerings in righteousness. Verse 5. So I will come near to you for judgment. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, perjurers, against those who defraud labors of their wages, who oppress the widow and the fatherless and deprive aliens of justice, But do not fear me, says the Lord. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Well, I have another passage I'd like to share with you. Revelation, the 13th chapter. And the dragon, that is the serpent, the devil, stood on the shore of the sea. And I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. He had ten horns and seven heads, with ten crowns on his horns, and on each head, a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and the mouth like of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was astonished and followed the beast. 
Men worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast, and they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can make war against him? The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months, that is, three and a half years. The last half of the Great Tribulation. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them, and he was given authority over every tribe and people and language and nation, and all inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the book of life belong to the Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. He who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone goes into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword he will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. And then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf, and he made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth to full view of men. Because of the signs he was given to do on behalf of the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. He ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword yet lived. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. He also forced everyone small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast. For it's a man's number. His number is 666. Now, I don't understand a lot of what I read in the latter part of Revelation. I don't know if these things were to take place during the the seven seals that were released. I don't know. But I can tell you this that I do know. That this beast power is already and has been for many years in formation. It's the beast power that's spoken of in the first seal, where a man on a white horse holding a bow and given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. This beast power has been bent on conquest, and we have seen it develop the technologies necessary to control the population with all kinds of invasive technologies, face scans, 
cell telephones, every kind of technology. Hitler would have loved to have lived in our day with all of these technologies for controlling people. The beast is going to use them all and is already beginning to. That's why I say to you, get off Facebook. It is a wicked format. Hitler would have loved to have Facebook. He would have gained all the information he needed to prosecute or persecute whomever he chose. It is of the beast power. Now, there is one philosopher that I won't name because I don't want to credit him. But he holds to the position that for the next two years, all hell will break out upon the earth, that it has already started, that we will see famine and utter darkness. But after two years, he said, and then up to seven years, people will rebel and we will enter a time of great prosperity. We will enter a time of great peace and joy. I don't think he's right. I think he's right that we have entered into a time of great tribulation. The beast power will not fail to form its one world government. How do I know that? Because Revelation tells me that Satan himself, the serpent, the dragon, will give his power to that one world government to ensure that it enslaves all of mankind. Why would he do that? Because he wants to set up his kingdom on the earth and he wants to defy the Lord God Almighty. Now, when I read the seven seals, the first four have a horse of the apocalypse. These first four directly deal with preparing the earth for the beast power to take over, but also to prepare God's people to escape. I'm not talking about a secret rapture. I'm talking about a visible coming of Jesus. That's what Revelation, the sixth chapter says. Now, if we look at the fifth seal, it tells us that many have been martyred. And they are saying to God, how long until you take vengeance on the wicked of the earth for for murdering us? And then it tells us in the sixth seal, As I watched as he opened the sixth seal, this is Revelation 6, verse 12. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. And the stars in the sky fell to the earth. 
If you read the rest of this chapter, it is the coming of the Son of Man. But now I want to take you back to the fourth seal. And we are now entering into the third seal where famine and financial reset comes about in a hurry. And then in the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. And they were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and pestilence, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Remember the passage I just read to you from Malachi? What's happening under this this fourth seal is the refiner's fire is burning bright to refine the people of God, to determine who is worthy to enter into the gates of heaven. We have lived in a time when the American corruption has spread around the world, through Africa, through Asia. This this ugly, false belief that you can continue to walk in your sin and still be saved. It is ugly before a holy and righteous God. And if you preach this wickedness, you are going to be most severely judged by God for causing many to lose their salvation. We must deal with sin. All of the Bible is about sin. And First John tells us that Jesus came to the earth for the express purpose of destroying the works of the devil. Where are the works of the devil? They are done in the hearts and souls of men and women, boys and girls. He came to set us free. He came to deal with sin. Now, the very difficult question I come to you today with, have you allowed God to deal with your sin? Now, it's so difficult because we have pet sins. We have things that we don't consider to be evil. We consider them to be good but they come straight from the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil because they will not be in the heaven above. They are of the earth. They are of darkness, but we consider them good. Will the angels in heaven form a football league? No, I don't think so. Will the angels of heaven have a deck of cards for us to play with? No, I don't think so. Much of what we consider innocent is not innocent in any manner because it steals our time from walking with Jesus. It's very clear that we are called to walk in the Spirit. The worshipers that the Lord is looking for are those who will worship in spirit and in truth. 
Well, how do you do that? You set your heart apart for Jesus. You set your time apart for Jesus. You set your money apart for Jesus. You set your talents apart for Jesus. So now, as you're living, the focus of your heart is to be in the presence of Jesus. See, there is a a beast power, and it is what I call the ugly. It is the one world government. It is the corruption that is pouring forth in America in every level of our culture. But it is most especially to be found in the Christian church in America, where sin has taken root, deeply rooted in the church. Bitterness, anger, Every manner of sin is found in the church. Now, as you come to this, Pastor, where is it saying this in the Bible? All right. Let me read it for you. But before I do, let me say one more thing. The greatest desire of our heart must be set clearly upon Jesus Christ. Now, what do I mean? Do I know what pleases Jesus and what displeases him? Am I aware that I have a cup? And when that cup is filled with iniquity, the Lord will pull the plug on my life. Some of you listening to this broadcast today may be listening to it drunk or drugged. Or you may have been shacked up with someone last night that you're not married to. A live-in girlfriend. You may have done other things that you know are utterly ungodly and displease Almighty God, and you have excused yourself. You have excused your sin, but God will not excuse your sin. If you turn from it, he will forgive you. What I'm saying is, When your cup is full, your life is over. Pastors, teachers, prophets, apostles, all will be tested by the refiner's fire. Just because you call yourself something doesn't make you that My heart is grieved by the willingly going along with 
the wickedness of one another without someone stepping forward and saying, that's wrong. Now, I've not enjoyed it when someone has done that to me, and several times in my life that has happened. But I'm very grateful today that that was done and said. Like the man who came to me after a Sunday service and shook my hand, an old man, and he said, that was the worst excuse for a sermon I've ever heard, preacher. Well, he was right. It was a very sorry excuse for a sermon. It wasn't a sermon of the gospel. That was many years ago, but I know I look at that man as an angel sent by God to rebuke my foolishness. Well, God has spoken to you about the sin of your heart. How have you responded? Let me read it for you. This is Colossians, the third chapter. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. What's he mean, set your hearts? Establish your heart. Establish your heart on things above, not on things of this earth. I'm going to read this from another translation. Colossians, the third chapter. Let me read it from another translation. If then you were raised up with Christ... You must seek the things above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. We want to please our family. We want to please our own hearts because we've set our hearts on our being happy, doing what we want to do. No, we set our hearts on Jesus. And now... Everything you do or say, you first question and say, is this what Jesus would have me say? Is this what Jesus would have me do? Am I filling up my cup of iniquity? Am I in danger of the judgment of God against me because I have so casually dealt with him? One man that I've talked to considerably, he set his heart on making sure he gets his business contracts. He needs the money to pay for his car and his house. So he set his heart on making sure that he covers his bases. Another man He set his heart on making a lot of money and becoming a multimillionaire. Another man set his heart on working many, many hours every day to pay off his debts. We set our minds on on earthly things. He says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. 
Are you hidden with Christ in God, or are you still wavering, going this way and that way, not really certain? Yes, you want Jesus, but not really. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore. King James Version says, mortify. Don't be mortified by serving Jesus. But mortify your body of sin. Put it to death. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature, and now he begins and gives a hit list of very specific sins that have not changed through the through the years. They're still the same sins. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Lust. Evil desires. These things are sins in the heart of a man. They may not evidence themselves on the outside. But on the inside, they're like ravenous wolves. They want the pornography. They lust after that woman or that man. They lust after this. And they're impure in their thoughts. Impure thoughts will take you to hell. Because it says you have not yet conquered that wickedness that resides in the old man of sin, and he must be put to death. What, I, what I'm wanting you to catch, I, I need to be very specific about. There is a big ugly, and that big ugly is the beast power, the one world government that is taking over the world, even as I speak to you today. I risk even speaking about this, that that they will put a strike against this YouTube video. This beast power is spreading its tentacles into every part of our nation, the judiciary. Many unjust judges who've been bought off unjust prosecutors who've been bought by George Soros. We're looking at every kind of wickedness in the federal government, in the executive branch. Hunter Biden and all that's associated with his corruption with his father in payments from China, selling of oil to China. Every kind of wickedness. We're watching as the legislative branch under the Democrat leadership, and I'm not voicing for Democrats or Republicans, I'm voicing for the holiness of Jesus. We see Nancy Pelosi 
riding the beast. Now, where this becomes so deadly is that this beast power begins to extend its tentacles into those who are called Christian. So they no longer have fear about sexual immorality or impurity or lust or evil desires or greed. These things are all idolatry. They're worshiping a false god. So what should I do, Pastor? Get on your face before God and confess the trueness of your heart and identify the uglies, the uglies of the one world government, of the beast power directed by the devil with its tentacles even reaching into your soul. Confess this before God and ask him to cut it out of your heart. Renounce it in the name of Jesus and lift up your heart to Almighty God and say, please, wash me and cleanse me by the blood. I give everything into your hands, Jesus. How can you help another person if you still, if you have the tentacles of the devil, of the ugly, into your own soul? Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. The wrath of God is now here. We're seeing the wrath of God expressed in earthquakes, tornadoes, drought. We're seeing the wrath of God in pestilence, in wicked and lying government. All of this is reflecting the wrath of God against us. Wars, rumors of wars. It says, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. And now he gives a a hit list, a very intimate hit list of all of these things that come from the ugly, the great ugly, the demon powers, the, the ugly serpent that takes the form on many of you as tattoos. I'm shocked by the number of men and women I see who have tattoos of dragons all over their bodies. They obviously worship the beast, and they are part of the beast power. And the the wrath of God is against them. Here's the hit list, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. You know, I want to say to you, anger, rage, malice, and slander are often used on the internet in text messages. I'm convinced that text messaging is one of the great evils today of the body of Christ. 
You'll say things to someone in a text message that you would never say to their face. You would be ashamed. Anger, rage, malice, slander. You can slime somebody. You can send out text messages all over to slime a man or a woman, to cancel them, as they say in our culture. Filthy language from your lips, cursing and swearing. Do not lie to each other. Since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Are you a liar? Do you lie as casually and as easily as you breathe? I meet a lot of people like that. Oh, it's not a big lie. It's just, you know, it's a little white lie. No, it's not a little white lie. Jesus counts all lies as the same. And many, many people, and probably a number of you, lie when it's not even necessary to lie. You just lie because you want to lie. You don't want to talk about something, and so you lie about something. You don't want to be asked a question about something, and so you lie about it. He's saying, do not lie to each other. Since you've taken off your old self, that's the beast self. That's the the wicked self. That's the dragon self. Are you content to still continue to live with the dragon self in your mouth and in your heart and yet still call yourself a Christian? How could it be? It cannot be. Here there's no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Look, this beast power is ugly beyond belief. Charles Schwab is saying, you're going to own nothing and be happy. We're coming into a new kind of world that is going to be controlled by a digital currency, and you can't buy or sell except if you have a social credit score that allows you to do that. Well, guess what? I don't want a social credit score, and I'll make sure I don't have one by not going on social media. Except to preach his word. And at some point, I'll have to stop doing that. Because they will will block me. What I'm trying to say to you today is, This beast power is going to take over the world. And he will institute a mark of loyalty that will be on your forehead or on your hand. And you will not be able to buy or sell without this mark. We are rapidly going into 
the time of the beast power ruling the earth totally for three and a half years. Now the question is, what are you going to do? But even more important than that question is, are you filling the cup of your iniquity? From the tree of the knowledge of evil or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Are you filling your cup? Is the big ugly inside of you? Are the tentacles of the devil controlling your mind and causing you to be afraid? Causing you to be wishy-washy? Causing you to say yes and no? Is the power of the devil operating in you to prevent you from totally giving yourself to Jesus Christ. That's what's happening through the American church. It's why I say, with great sorrow, the American church is simply apostate. It's become an entertainment center. It's become a a feel-good place. It's not a place where sin is rebuked, where arrows of conviction strike the heart, where men and women weep over their sin and turn from it and are redeemed by the blood. No, we're not that kind of church anymore. We're a feel-good, soft-spoken, tolerant. The Church of England has just made a decision in their recent synod that they can't even define what a woman is. I guess that kind of ends the story of Adam's rib, doesn't it? Woman came out of man to be a helper of her husband. But oh no, not today. Today, men can give birth. Women can, you know, the foolishness. So the tough question today is, are the tentacles of the devil reaching into your mind and causing you to not be certain that you'll lay your life down for Jesus Christ? A great time of persecution is coming. A time of intense suffering is about to break over the church in America of famine, of sickness, of death. And you are going to be in a refiner's fire. I want you to make certain that you are already refined by the word that has been spoken to you by a faithful watchman. That you have turned from your sin and you're now equipped and prepared and ready to love and nurture and call to repentance those around you with a straight, solemn word, thus says the Lord. Or are you going to be a pleaser the rest of your life? I was a pleaser for most of my life. I'm not a pleaser anymore. I 
praise God for that. Well, we're just about out of time for this broadcast today. I want to pray with you. Lord, I know the beast power is magnifying himself and coming into total authority upon the earth. And I ask, Lord, that you would quickly rescue your people after refining us in the fire, testing us, washing us. Would you rescue us? I love you, Lord. My eyes are upon you. I place all of my confidence in you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to thank the last couple people. Dirk. And others. Who who have given. We're still way short of where we need to be for this month for radio. And we're coming up on the halfway place. So I'd love to hear from you. Write to me at National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. We broadcast on the Internet. You can go to Ray Greenley or Pastor Ray Greenley on YouTube, or you can listen via the radio. We are daily on WAVA, 780 AM. You can go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless you, my brothers, my sisters. I love you. Great joy with